You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 3rd, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be back with you here for a Wednesday edition. We'll have a complete preview of the Magic's game against Houston Rockets. But before we do that, I want to remind you that you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's show, we'll talk about the Magic's game against Houston Rockets. will come up later on today. Um, talk all about that. Of course, no James Harden, but we'll have some issues to talk about as well. I'll, I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I'll, I'll have some comments on Jonathan Isaac being out indefinitely for the time being. So we'll... We'll discuss a little bit about his injury and what the Magic are losing and, and what he's losing in being hurt and, and not being uh, available to the team. And then we'll close out with a discussion of Bismack Biombo's impact since joining the starting lineup, something that may not be quite reflected in the statistics quite yet, but is also very, very clear uh, from watching the game. So uh, something to keep an eye on and be interested in as the season moves on. But of course, as we do every game day, we'll start with a preview of Tonight's game, the Orlando Magic will take on the Houston Rockets over at the Amway Center, a game that is obviously very, very big because the Houston Rockets are a very good team. Second in the league in net rating at plus 8.2 net rating. First in the league in offensive rating at 113 points per 100 possessions. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, 11th in the league in defensive rating at 104.8. This is truly one of the very best teams in the league coming into the Amway Center and, of course, a tall task in front of the Orlando Magic. This is a group that has a ton of weapons. Mike D'Antoni offense that's going to just go, 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 go. They're going to shoot and take a lot of threes. They demand a lot of defensive attention. And let's face it, the Magic have not had a lot of that. Entering this game, Orlando 26th in the league with a 107.9 defensive rating. Their offensive rating has actually slipped to 25th as well. So again, we're looking at a team that is in the bottom five essentially of both offensive and defensive writing, so one of the five worst teams in the league. Again, a tall, tall task for the Magic coming up on Wednesday night against the Houston Rockets. It is a big game. Should be a lively crowd, of course, the only time the Rockets come to town. But if there's a little bit of good news for the Orlando, no James Harden in this game. Obviously, James Harden, a huge factor for the Houston Rockets, uh, their best player, putting up just insane numbers Overall, not just not just the fact that he's scoring 32.3 points per game to lead the league, averaging 9.1 assists per game, shooting an incredible 54.9% effective field goal percentage for a guy with his usage. It's not just all of that. It's also the fact that he is scoring a, a record pace almost for isolation plays. Uh, this is a guy that you the isolation plays. Everyone likes to idealize the isolation play, and, and Kobe Bryant had a lot to do with that, but. Uh, and Michael Jordan had a lot to do with that as well. Uh, but really, they're the most inefficient play in, in the offensive playbook and, and why teams go to it, I don't know. But James Harden has somehow made that play efficient. So Magic catch a little bit of break without him. Um, I'm not sure if, I don't even think that they've played a game without James Harden so far this year. Um, I'll double check that real fast. Um, yeah, I don't think the Rockets have played a game without James Harden quite yet. Uh, maybe they played one tonight. Uh, still catching up on things. I was out for much. No, the, the the Rockets have not played since Harden got hurt against the Lakers on Sunday. They've been off since then. Uh, and so 
this will be the first time that the Rockets will have played without James Harden, but with Chris Paul. And obviously, the Rockets have been very, very good with Chris Paul. Just insanely good with Chris Paul, actually. It would probably be the way to to put it. Um, Chris Paul having a good season himself uh, with some with some really strong uh, performances individually. But really, it's what he does for the team, obviously. He'll be on the ball a lot more, so he'll play more like the Chris Paul of old and less kind of the distributor, uh, off-ball shooter that Chris Paul is. And when you look at the on-off numbers for the Rockets... Obviously, a lot of really, really good things. But overall, the Rockets play plus 13.2 points per 100 possessions with Chris Paul on the floor. A 118.3 offensive rating with Chris Paul on the floor. Um, obviously, a lot of that's with James Harden, but he's made a huge difference in, in an offense that's already pretty darn good. So this is still a really dangerous Houston team. Obviously, you got Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Trevor Reza, uh, Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Ryan Anderson. You, everyone should know the names by now. This is, this is a team that... Many people believe can and will challenge the Golden State Warriors uh, for uh, for the championship this year. And so coming into the Amway Center, obviously a really, really tough matchup for Orlando. If there is a, again, if there is a bit of good news aside from, uh, aside from, Gore, aside from Harden being out, is that the Magic are playing a little bit better right now. Um, you know, even, even Monday's loss, I thought that the Magic played uh, they, they played with good energy throughout the last week, so ever since Nikola Vucevic went out. They, they've definitely uh, stepped their game up with Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon coming back into the fold. They're, they're playing competitively. They're not winning quite yet, and then they've blown some opportunities at wins in both uh, in both their losses, or in all three of their losses, since Evan Fournier's return. But they are playing better. They are playing more energetically. They are playing more competitively. Uh, and, you know, they want to play an up-and-down game, and, and I think Houston will give them the opportunity to do it. With long rebounds, there's the opportunity to get out in transition, but the key is the Magic have to defend the three-point line, and that has not been their best forte all season long. Looking at some of the traditional stats that we have on this uh, on this game, uh, I've got to pull it up here, um, the opponents are shooting... 38.3% against the Magic. That is the third best mark in the league. Remember when Orlando was playing really, really good defense at the beginning of the year, teams were not hitting those three-pointers. Now they are, and obviously that's a big reason why uh, the Magic's defense has kind of fallen off a cliff as far as attempts go. Magic give up only 26 three-point attempts per, ga- per game. They're going to give up a few more than that in this one uh, as the Rockets will liberally take three-pointers. They are a fun team. You don't realize just how crazy their offense is uh, with the three-point shooting, but they take advantage of it. They have the shooters to do it, and they play pretty well along the other aspects of the game as well. So, uh, should be an interesting one. If Orlando can keep the fight, give themselves a chance, that would be a, that might be a victory in and of itself, of course. If you have a chance to win, my uh, philosophy remains, when you have a chance to win, you need to win the game. And so, we'll see if Orlando can keep themselves in the fight and give themselves a chance to steal a home victory. Um if you had to ask me, I am I am not personally optimistic about it. So we'll we'll see exactly what the Magic have in store for Wednesday. And you know, yeah, I probably went through those statistics about the Magic's three point shooting, about how teams have shot the ball extremely well against the Magic from beyond the arc. And you might be thinking, you know, I I, I play these daily fantasy games, and 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 I think the Rockets, and this is a good matchup. Maybe I should take some Rockets players. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, you know, but I, I'll look into it a little bit. Well, you know, instead of playing those fantasy games 
where you're, you're picking out of a giant player pool. Everyone is in the same pool. They all have the same players. I have a new game for you that takes away all that uncertainty and puts you in an actual league where you have to make decisions and be competitive directly against pe- against other people. You need to try my team favorite app, and that is Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. It's a daily fantasy game, and there's no management. You just set your lineups, and you forget it. You draft your lineups, and you forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part? You play for cold hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there is a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, too. All new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. So if you haven't tried draft, now is the time to do it. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC, that's L-O-M-A-G-I-C, L-O-MAGIC, to play and get this bonus. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC on your first deposit on draft. And I will see you all in the draft rooms. I'm hoping to, to put some money down on Wednesday and play a game, so maybe I will see you and play against you in a league soon. Over the weekend, I didn't get a chance to talk about this in previous podcasts, but I wanted to, I wanted to actually talk about this in general uh, and, and speak about it a little bit more. As, as I know it's a frustrating thing for Magic fans. It's, I'm sure it's frustrating for the team. I'm sure it's frustrating for Jonathan Isaac. Uh, but over the weekend, the Orlando Magic officially announced that Jonathan Isaac will be out indefinitely as the team be, continues to evaluate and reevaluate his bothersome sprained ankle. Uh, Isaac has missed more than 20 games now, more than half the season, with this ankle that he initially rolled November 11th against the Denver Nuggets when the Magic were 8-4. and four. The, the season really did turn with that injury, and, and that is kind of used as, as a pun, as a dark pun at that. Uh, obviously... Jonathan, a lot of people have kind of said, obviously it's easy to point to this moment and say this is when the Magic season turns south. Jonathan Isaac is is an important player, but he's not a player that I think, and I've I've said this to everyone uh, that I can, it seems like. Jonathan Isaac is an important player, but I don't think he's a player that necessarily changes everything. Um, You know, I don't think putting him into the lineup will automatically make... uh, Make the 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 Magic um, a, a a a dominant team again. I don't think he's that kind of impact player. But obviously, he is an important player, and and I think he's had a clear positive impact on the team's defense. And I think you know even for a player his age, so young, he has made a real defensive impact for the team. And I think the Magic have missed that. And obviously, it's not just about that and what he does for the team this year. It's about his long term future with this team as well. As many of you of us have begun thinking about and talking about, uh, we've talked a little bit about the draft. I'm going to probably do a mailbag episode later this week. Um, hopefully, if not this week, then probably over the Facebook Live on Sunday. Uh, you know, everyone wants to talk about the draft and everyone wants to talk about the trade deadline. And I can't blame them. That's Everyone's looking for something to hope for 
in the future. So, Jonathan Isaac is obviously a big part of that. Whenever we talk about trades, I always tell people, really the only two players that I think are untouchable on this roster are Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. They're, 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 they are the future of this team. And so, I think that it is important. It's it's definitely been detrimental that the Magic have not had Isaac on the floor. Obviously, his counting stats are pretty meager: five point three points per game, forty three point nine effective field goal percentage, three point seven rebounds per game. Uh, even his defensive numbers, he's got a a, a positive one point seven defensive box plus minus according to basketball reference if, if, if you believe in that stat or not his defense has been very real and the magic are a much better team defensively with him on the floor and I, I like I like what he brings on the defensive end and obviously that's where he can make the biggest impact immediately but he needed to begin looking comfortable he needed to begin getting himself acclimated to the NBA game and obviously that part of his growth is stunted now. As much as he can learn watching tape and talking to guys, he can learn a lot more playing. And with the Magic struggling with all the injuries they've had, and not even just struggling with all the injuries they've had, but needing something to to balance their lineups or improve their defense, there really was something of a missed opportunity with Isaac out. Like, I think Isaac would have played significant minutes and been a really key part to this team. Obviously, that opportunity is gone now. There's nothing you can do about it, though. You can't take it back. And and, and I think some people who are beginning to say, oh, Isaac's injury-prone, this is a sprained ankle. Sprained ankles are random. And for whatever reason, this is not recovering the way they anticipate it would. It wouldn't surprise me if the injury is worse than what they are reporting. All we have to go off is what the Magic tell us, though. So it's obviously frustrating to see someone who's so key to this team's future and needs these minutes on the court not able to play. It's obviously painful to see that. But the Magic are also they're gonna get they're gonna get him back at some point. Um, I, I don't think he'll be out the rest of the season. Um, and, and, and I think that obviously his long term health is most important. So instead of bringing him back and having him sprain his ankle again or reaggravate it, which I think did happen. I mean, at the end of the Miami game, you could tell he was laboring that something was off. Right now, the Magic need to focus on his long-term health and make sure he gets back healthy and gets the positive development that he needs on the court. He'll get there. I'm, I am still very confident. Uh, I was not the biggest Jonathan Isaac guy coming out of Florida State, but he has sold me with his play so far this year. And I do believe the Magic have really missed him. And I think this season, while not drastically different, I do think the season would have gone differently if Isaac didn't get hurt, number one, and B, had come back healthy and ready to play. We'll see just how long it takes for Isaac to get back into the swing of things when he returns. But it's going to be a while, and no one knows when that while will be.
So let's turn our attention then to players who are actually playing for the Magic right now. Uh, and, and one of the big changes that we've seen is Bismack Biombo. Obviously, Bismack Biombo, uh, just saying his name seems to bring up a lot of emotions in people. Uh, he, he, you got to separate Bismack Biombo, the player, from the contract. That seems to be the, the comment I always have to make when I talk about him. But Biombo has actually played very, very well since entering the starting lineup. And I think that it's it's also pretty clear that he has made a positive impact on the team, that one of the reasons the team is playing with so much more energy, it's not just that Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon are back, which I think that's a big part of it. I think another part of it is Biombo has played at a very, very high level, that he's done a lot of little things that make the Magic a better team, specifically on the defensive end where I think we all anticipated that he would make his biggest impact. Since entering the starting lineup four games ago, and it is a four-game sample size, so take it all with a grain of salt, Biombo is averaging 9.5 points per game and 13 rebounds per game, including five offensive rebounds per game, as well as, get this, 3.3 blocks per game. He's shooting 51.7% from the floor, which is pretty good for him, and any offense you get, obviously, from him is a bonus. But Biombo's impact seems to go much further than that. And I don't think it's necessarily shown in the numbers. In his last four games, the Magic have a minus 11.5 net rating with Biombo on the floor and a 109.9 defensive rating with Biombo on the floor. I think those numbers show kind of the the dual nature of playing Biombo at the center, and, and 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 I think it shows how much the team is still really struggling. I mean, all the starters essentially have net ratings that bad, although Simmons, uh, Simmons and Biombo are the two worst of the starters. Essentially, I think bad fourth quarters against the Heat twice and against the Nets have shown just how poorly the team can play defensively. Biombo can cover up a lot of mistakes, but he can't cover up every mistake. He can make impact plays defensively that supercharge the team like they did against Detroit in the win, like they did when Orlando built an 18-point lead against Miami at home. But that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that he can do it all by himself. So I think... I, 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 and again, some of it is Biombo too. Um, I think he really struggled at the end of the game Monday against Brooklyn. I pointed it out. But at the same time, he did a lot of really good things. He rotates really, really well. Maybe he doesn't rotate back to his man quick enough for the rebound sometimes, um, but does a, does a lot of really good things nonetheless. Orlando has played better, I think, overall. And I think Biombo is a big reason why. A 105.5 defensive rating is not great, but it is better than what the Magic have played. And some of it is just putting guys in the right spots in the in the rotation as much as Biombo making an impact. Biombo makes a lot of those kind of sexy defensive plays, the blocks, the rebounds. But he also makes a lot of the gritty ones too. The rotating over to help help his man, the switching out onto a guard on occasion. Teams are a little bit more afraid to go into the paint with Biombo in there. And I think that effect is clear. 
because the Magic have been competitive, and I think Biombo is a big reason why. Now, is that enough to carry you to the finish line? No, it clearly has not been Orlando's one and three in these games. But Biombo has has produced and stepped up his game to do it. And looking at the way the Magic played against the Heat, I think you can see. I think you can see just how much he can supercharge the team. Whatever the vision is, whatever the vision for this team is, it's to play strong defense and get out in transition. And Biombo provides that in some very real, tangible ways. Through those block shots, through those rebounds, through those outlet passes, through getting out in transition. That's what Biombo can provide, and clearly, in the team's best moments, he provides that. Now, whether he can make it consistent, that's the difference. That's the $17 million a year question. So far, he has been very, very good since joining the starting lineup. He's provided a strong defensive presence. He's helped the team be competitive. Hasn't gotten them to the finish line defensively, but gotten them into that opportunity. A low bar to clear, I know. And it's not a knock on Nikola Vucevic, but undoubtedly, Biombo provides something Vucevic does not. That room protection matters. It supercharges the offense. It gets them out in transition. Against Brooklyn, it kept them in the game. But obviously, sometimes you need a little bit more. And Orlando is still searching for that little bit more from everybody, including Biombo. But Biombo has provided a nice spark and a nice start for this team to begin building up some defensive confidence. This game coming up against Houston may not be the game to continue defensive confidence. It's Houston's going to score points. That's what they do. But watch Biombo in this game. Watch how he defends the paint. Watch how he keeps them out of the lane. That could be a key to, 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 to being competitive in this game and preventing some of those three-point looks that absolutely bury teams. It's undoubtedly going to be interesting to watch Biombo uh, as he continues to get this opportunity because he is playing at a pretty high level. But obviously, still a lot more to do because the wins are not coming quite yet. So we'll see just whether he can actually affect that change on the defensive end. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I, th- I think we'll have our first trade deadline primer up on the website coming up here in the next 24 hours or so. So be on the lookout for that as February February 6th is going to be here well before we think think it will. 
Um, the trade deadline is right around the corner, and that'll be interesting to see what direction the Magic go. If you haven't already, be sure to check out last week's podcast. I spoke to Andrew Bernica about the trade possibilities on the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast, episode 79, that, that ran on Thursday. And then Friday on the podcast, I spoke to Chris Barnwall of CBS Sports a little bit more about the Magic's future, where how they got here, um, what they should do to get out of here, and, uh, and more uh, moving forward. So be sure to check out those podcasts as well. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. Again, the Orlando Magic take on the Houston Rockets down at the Amway Center at 7 p.m. I'll be back tomorrow with a complete recap of the game, so be sure to, to tune in then. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.